0: And we have a guest pastor here this morning. Uh, I'll, I'll announce him right away. Uh, this is Daniel Mar- Morrow here sitting on the front row. Uh, he's uh, from First Baptist in Burleson. He's the youth pastor uh, at Burleson, and he lives here at Burleson. So we'll get to, we'll get to be blessed by his speaking to us this morning. Uh, I've got a couple of announcements, and then I'm going to let uh, Deborah Williams come up and talk about uh, tonight. Uh, We've got a call business meeting on May 7th after the service, and we'll hear some recommendations from the nominating committee for the ministry fair and some information on the policy for nursery cameras, so plan to attend. And then also wanted to announce, it's in in your bulletin, the Latham Springs 100th anniversary. Uh, Latham Springs invites you to join us as they celebrate their 100th year anniversary, Saturday, May the 6th on 2023. And it's a full day of worship, fellowship, uh, music. And at the com website, you can register to come. And Deborah, you want to come and talk to us?
1: I just wanted to remind you that tonight is our fifth Sunday sing, okay? And the Stanley Fellowship Group is in charge. Cindy has done a lot of planning, but Cindy has been very sick this week, so please pray for her to to recover. She is not a very good patient. I'll just put it that way. And then John is not the best caretaker to the not-so-good patient. So pray for both of them, because I know she was so looking forward to being here tonight. Um, We will have finger food, so bring a little something to share. And then we're just going to have some good old-fashioned singing, some laughing, a few games here and there. And I just think you'll be blessed by just enjoying the fellowship of fellow believers. So youth come, middle-aged come. If you're older and you don't drive at night, let us know, and we'll try to make arrangements so we can bring... Somebody can come get you and bring you, and take. we'll take you home, too. We won't make you stay, okay? But uh, we'd love for you to join us tonight. I think it's going to be a really fun time.
0: Does anybody else have any announcements that we've missed? Okay, Michelle.
1: Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant.
2: Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us an opportunity again to come before you and worship you together as your people, as your church. And and Lord, uh, just come with thankful hearts for what you've done and are doing and will do. And Lord, to praise your your greatness and your mercies that fail not. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you care about all people. And even today, as we worship here and be those worshiping, and Your Word being preached all around the world, we pray that You would, uh, Your Holy Spirit would be there to open up the hearts and give unction and power to Your Word, that uh, all that You are calling would come to You, and and You would give eternal life. And Lord, we thank You that we have a a part in that through our offerings and our our. you've Given to us that we can give back to you to show our appreciation and love for you and for your work, and we pray you would bless that today and, and make it profitable and and even uh, multiply it, Lord, to your use around the world. We thank you for the worship services today. We pray the one for the one that is preaching your word for the power and unction there, and Lord that. Uh, we would have open hearts and ears that all of us could hear just what you're saying to us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: I turn to you, Jesus. I turn to you, Lord. What else can I do, Jesus? I turn to you, Yeah. I turn to
0: O-head-ho. There we are. Uh, pardon me, I'm going to step right in and uh, make an announcement. <laughs> and I don't think anybody has, but Sunday night group, uh, Cindy's that, that Deborah, bless her heart, is and part of, and please, ladies, don't misunderstand me, but we're not spraying chickens anymore. So, what we're going to need, if you don't mind, when church is over and the service is over, we're going to help put the chairs back and the tables up. Did you say that, Deborah? Thank goodness. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's all I wanted. So, any help, we certainly would appreciate. Moving right along.
3: All right. Would you guys please stand and sing with us this morning? I believe in the Sun, I believe in the risen one, I believe I overcome. let When Christ shall come We shall shadow-
4: God, I'm I'm thankful for who you are, God. God, for this day, for the, the the breath in our lungs to declare your greatness, God. So God, before we open your word, before we go any further, we want to once again just declare your greatness, God. And acknowledge all of who you are, and pray, God, that you would fall in this place, in this time, as we open your word. We want to look different than we did when we walked in the doors because your spirit falls, God. So, Father, we give you this time. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. If you have a Bible with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. So, we're going to be Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through... 10, uh, 1 through 11, sorry, 1 through 11. Uh, if we've not met, my name is Daniel Morrow, like tomorrow without the two, uh, and I am the student pastor at First Baptist in Burleson, here in Texas, here in Texas, here in Burleson. Thank you. You have a beautiful voice, by the way. Great, great job on that special. Um, here in Burleson, and uh, man, it's an honor to, to be here with you this morning to preach the Word, to open up the Word of God. Uh, I am married. I, I have a, a wife. Her name is Jodi. I think I actually have a picture uh, that I put into a slideshow here. So that is my wife, Jodi, on the right, or to my to my left, your right. Uh, she is a teacher, 8th grade English Language Arts and dance teacher at Kerr Middle School here in Burleson. Uh, those are our two little girls. So uh, the taller one is the older one. Go figure. Her name is Sloan. She's five and a half years old. And then she's in there. At my knee is uh, Sutton, who is two and a half years old. Uh, my, my daughters are awesome, uh, but they wake up at about 6.15 a.m. every day and just start talking. <laughs> and they talk and they talk and they talk. They go to bed at 7 and they talk some more. They fall asleep at 8.30 after they've gotten all of their words out. And we have peace in our house for about 10 hours a day. Uh, but I, I, we, we love them uh, to, to, to the moon and back. Uh, they are our joy. Never thought that I would enjoy being a girl dad, but here I am. And uh, it is the coolest thing, I tell you. Um, my, my wife and I both met at Texas A&M University. So we are Aggies. There's one. One gave me a thumb up, thumbs up. She wasn't bold enough to go, whoop, right? Didn't want to out herself in that way. Uh, We we, we met at Texas A&M. Jody was actually the very, this is crazy, was the very first person I met at Texas A&M. So 2007, August 2007, uh, there were 50,000 students on campus when I went to A&M, and literally one in 50,000 chance I found my wife. So um, kids, always be on on the lookout, right? So um, we we met, but that also means that we are uh, a crazy household, particularly in the fall. Uh, if you follow college football, you know Aggies are crazy. Uh, and I, I will tell you this, that we are now entering what what one of my favorite parts and seasons of the year when it comes to college football and Aggie football in particular, and I call it championship season. Uh, if you know the history of Texas A&M, you know we haven't really won anything for a really, really, really long time. However, <laughs> however every June, July, and August, so we're coming up on championship season because I guarantee you, but myself and about a million other Aggies will believe that this is the year. Faith will be restored. Hope will be on the horizon for the football season. If, if I were to use maybe an example that hits even closer to home because the most miserable of us in the room are those who are Aggie fans and Cowboy fans, right? Hope, hope is here. Faith is here. We are full of faith in championship season. That is until we get to the real football season and yet again... It turns to, well, next year's our year. Next year's our year. Well, this morning we're talking about faith. Specifically faith and what it looks like and when it comes to uh, surrender. And as we look at the story of Jesus calling his first disciples here in Luke chapter 5, we're going to see a few different things on, on how Jesus changes the scene when he hits the ground. When Jesus walks into the room, things change. Now, what is faith? Hebrews 11 would say this, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. James would say this in James chapter 2, 14 through 18. says this, What, is good, what good is it, my brothers, that someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? For brother or sister is poorly clothed And lacking in daily food. And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled. Without giving them the the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 18 then says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. So as we approach this text together, I want to give a little bit of a working definition this morning so that we're kind of on the same page. Again, I'm married to an English teacher. I want to make sure we're speaking the same language here. And, and this is a, a definition for faith I want to keep on your radar is this. It's on the screens. It's this, that faith is living in the tension of a promise that we will not fully realize until eternity. There will be a day when our faith becomes sight because we will see Jesus. We will see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, be in community with Him forever. Yet now, in the current, we are living in the tension of a promise that we won't fully realize until then. And so with that, I, I, I present to you this idea of surrender, which I really want to dig into this morning, which is this. I've defined it, I define it this way, which is trusting in the faithfulness of God, regardless of my current circumstances. Trusting in the faithfulness of God, regardless of my current circumstances. I don't know what you brought into the room today. I don't know how this first third of the year has been to you, but I'll be honest, it's been a, it's been a bit of a stretch for me and my family. We've been busier than we ever thought we could be. It's crazy, right? COVID happened three years ago, and everybody's like, hey, we have to slow down. And then I, I got used to slowing down, and I thought, I never want to go back to what it was. And now here we are right back, On the other side, just as busy as before, if not more busy than we were before. We tend to forget so often. We've got two little girls growing up in our household. And again, I love them, but man, the talking is a lot. And there are days where I am just ready to go close the door to the bedroom and just lay down and go to sleep, put on earplugs to get away from it. My wife has been more stressed in this season as a teacher than she's ever been in her life. Yet surrender is trusting in God's faithfulness, regardless of my current circumstances. So as we open up the Word here and look at Luke chapter 5, we're going to see Jesus um, encountering some of His disciples for the first time. So let's uh, turn our attention there, and we're going to see how these disciples then Uh, respond in surrender. So Luke chapter 5, verse 1, starts with this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gethsemane. Now, coming into this point in scripture, there's not not a lot has been recorded about the life of Jesus. We're early on in the gospels. Uh, Here in chapter 4, right before here, uh, Jesus has... uh, been tempted by the devil. We know that story, right? Goes out into the wilderness, uh, has fasted to that point. The devil comes and tempts him in a very real way. He has then come back, uh, and he has begun to uh, to to preach. He has begun to heal. He's begun to to start his ministry. He is ready uh, to go, and he um, is is beginning this ministry. But we see that here on one occasion, just one ordinary occasion. We see Jesus is about to step into the lives of men who have no idea who he is yet. And he's going to flip their lives upside down. And we're going to see that God can take the most ordinary occasion and make it extraordinary. God can take the most ordinary occasion and make it extraordinary. Something that I, I get caught up in thinking often. And I teach this to our teenagers often as well. It's just the the sheer wonder of the fact that we are all here in this place at this time together. you thought about that before? 33 years ago, I was born in Arlington, Texas, right off of I-20. I don't remember what it's called now, but it's the hospital still there. My dad was a, a manager of Luby's Cafeteria. Any fans of Luby's? Rest in peace, right? Man. Shot to the heart, for for real. I, I've probably eaten more lubies than everybody in here combined. We we went for, for lunch and dinner every year of my life for the first twelve years of my life, and uh, like all the things I, I've tried it all. Uh, but because he was a manager of lubies, we moved four times before the time I was seven years old. So Arlington to San Antonio to Arl- Arlington to San Antonio to Victoria, Texas, where we stayed two years, and then to College Station, Bryan College Station, Texas all over the map. God could have taken us anywhere. He decided to take us down that path. I grew up there in Bryan, Texas, become an Aggie, tried everything I could to get away, I promise. God kept me there. I meet my wife from Marshall, Texas, of all places. We decided to go to seminary. We've now been in the, in the Metroplex for 10 years, bouncing around from Fort Worth to Cleburne, back to Burleson. And yet God in His sovereignty, and His providence, has put me here on this day for this moment and the reality is there's a hundred different stories around the room you see I, I don't think god does things by accident god is sovereign he is in control he knows what he is doing and, I, and i'm here to tell you this morning that i believe this with all my being that o- it takes only a moment one moment in the presence of god to change a life forever And I believe in every moment, in every season, God is at work whether we acknowledge it or not. And He can come into the most ordinary occasion and He can make it extraordinary. And you can see kind of the anticipation here coming up in these next few verses of the people as they begin to lean in to what God is doing. And the only thing I can really think in terms of the level of anticipation, again, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to an Aggie analogy, but it's this, sitting in Kyle Field, As they start to play the drums and the football team walks out, I'm telling you, if you've not been there before, it's crazy. And you begin to feel the energy in the building build up. I think that similar type of energy is beginning to build up here with Jesus as he's beginning his teaching ministry here in verse 2. He saw two boats, Luke chapter 5, verse 2, by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Now getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And we'd, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let your nets uh, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Those of you who've read the Bible, you know this is Simon Peter. He's about to experience a life change. And I ask you this morning, something that I think we can learn from Peter here is, is this. Uh, what what does it take for us to trust someone? Jesus hits the scene with fishermen who are professionals. He tells them, hey, this is now my boat. We're going to go out here so I can teach. And they say, okay. They put out, he teaches says, hey, now let down your nets on the other side of the boat. Let's catch some fish. And they say, you know, we are fishermen and we did just fish all night. But at your word, I will let the nets down again. Trust. It takes trust. We must put faith in something. We must trust it. And Peter, trusts. Jesus at his word here. And regardless of how Jesus earned it, these fishermen give it to him. They give him that trust. And because they give him trust, because they are going to trust him in this circumstance, we see that he's going to take a void and fill it. You see, God can take what is void and he can fill it. God can make the ordinary, extraordinary. He can take what is void and he can fill it. Pick it back up here in verse 6. And when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats that they, that they began to sink. God can take what is void, and he can fill it. He's actually been in this business from day one. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And what you see play out over the next 30 verses or so is God, the Creator, takes that which is formless and that which is void, and He actually forms and He fills it. With His word, out of nothing, He takes what is formless and what is void. He forms and He fills it. And I'm here to tell you the same character of God in that, the Creator. He's not gone away and He's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and He will be the same tomorrow into eternity. God can take what is void and He can fill it. And what we're about to see here is a moment that would come to define Peter's entire life. It's going to take him from being a fisherman to a fisher of men. It's going to be a moment of Surrender. Pick it up in verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. You see, when we fully realize the depth of our sin in comparison to the beauty of Christ, our first response should be that of reverence exactly what we see peter model my friends i I think if you walk into this place and you sing of the glory of god of how he has taken our sin away that we have a living hope that we can believe in if if you're singing praises to god of how great he is and your heart is not stirred to take to examine your life and ask the questions of man what is standing in between me and in you, because you are worth it. If that stirring is not happening, my friends, then I think we have deeper questions to settle today. When we fully realize the depth of our sin in comparison to the beauty of Christ, our first response is going to be to hit our knees. Frankly, I think we're going to spend a lot of eternity doing just that right on the front end. Praising God. See, the fact that a holy and perfect God stops in a moment to show us who we really are, apart from Him, it can bring fear. But notice here Jesus' response. In verse 10. So also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So God can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. He can take what is void and he can fill it. And finally, God can take what is aimless and give it purpose. The biggest question that every human being on the planet is asking in life is why? Why am I here? What is my purpose on this earth? God can take what is aimless, can take that which is not have purpose, and can give it purpose. You see, growing up, I was a church kid. I actually grew up in a church a lot like Cross Timber. This is a, a very emotional for me, because this reminds me so much of my home church. And yet, I, I didn't have much direction I learned how to play guitar, and uh, because I learned how to play guitar, they automatically decided I was a leader. (laughs) Hey, you're a leader. Here you go. It was my foray. I mean, God was up to something, though, and the youth pastor who saw that in me was up to something. My first step into leadership as a young man was by leading worship through singing really poorly and playing guitar as best I could. And, And the Lord then took me Took that which was aimless and, and put it on my heart to begin saying yes to opportunities, yes to opportunities to minister. Actually started through music and saying yes to, to being a part of worship bands and leading in that. Turned into me saying yes after my freshman year at Texas A&M uh, to a little church plant in Victoria, Texas, LifePoint Fellowship. Uh, I was a 19-year-old youth pastor and probably the worst youth pastor in Texas if i could go back and like slap myself up and say get your head on straight and don't do this 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 and do this 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 i would do it in a heartbeat if only i could time travel lots of stupid stuff that i did as that 19 year old youth pastor and yet i was yet i said yes and god was faithful to provide to that yes I said yes to working a summer at sky ranch as a counselor came back said yes to being an intern at first baptist and Bryan. Said yes to things that I was way underqualified for, and yet God was faithful through it all. You see, God took that which was aimless in my life, and He gave me purpose. He gave me direction. I took a kid from Bryan, Texas, who was really a nobody and still is, but made him somebody because of the person who's inside of him. That's our Jesus. That is our God. He takes that which is ordinary, takes that which is void, takes that which is aimless, and He makes it extraordinary. He fills it, and He gives it purpose. And again, the joy for us today in this moment is the same God who encountered Peter, looked him in the eyes, and says, you are going to fish for men and changed his life, turning it upside down in that moment as the same God here at Cross Timber this morning. God's character is the same, and his word is true, which is why it should really be no surprise that First John, uh, 1 John 1, through 8-10 uh, is actually uh, very similar to the response that we see from Peter. I'll read it for you. 1 John 1, 8-10 says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Peter living out scripture before it's ever written. That is the faithfulness of God in Peter's life to, to draw him near, to draw him to surrender. And my friends, this morning, I tell you this, the first step to surrender in your life, the first step in the way that Peter took this first step is confession. Again, I I think if we were to try to act like we were perfect, we're just fooling ourselves. I I love teaching a, a model of prayer called the Acts prayer model. I'll walk through it with you quickly. A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration. We got it. We got a fan over here. I see it. Adoration. Which is coming to the throne of God and just telling Him how great He is. God, You are good. God, You are holy. God, You are mighty. You are worthy of my affection and my attention. Turning your eyes heavenward, turning your heart heavenward, and just telling God how awesome He is. The C is confession. So, God, you're great, which naturally leads into, God, I am not. Here's everything that you are that I wish I could be, and yet, in my own strength, I am not. So, here, I confess all of the things that I have chosen over you. Which then naturally leads into, T, thanksgiving. God, you're great, and I am not. I am less than great. And yet I'm so thankful that I am yours. I'm so thankful that you allow me to wake up today. I'm so thankful that your mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful for the gifts of life that you've given me. I'm thankful for my church home. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful. I'm telling you, in this act of praying in this way you've actually done something very subtle that I think so often we don't do which is we'll come to God and we'll just start off with the here's what I want and what I need, please give it to me. Which can I tell you, God is a good father and he will give it to you if you're praying in faith. He's a good father who loves to give good gifts. Yet when we do that we are praying very selfish prayers. The other way Starts with everything that's not us. God, you are great. God, my sin pales in comparison to your righteousness, your holiness. Thank you for who you are. And then S, supplication, will you supply need, supply things? See, I believe the first step to surrender is just that confession. God, you are so great. And I am not. And I need your grace and your mercy in my life. Here are the ways that I have fallen short. Here are the ways that I have missed the mark. And can I tell you believers in the room, I think this is a constant discipline we must put in our lives. Because we are not perfect. We will not be perfect. And I think we try to put on this show as if we want to show the world we are perfect. Because... Uh, We think that that's going to make us look better, make the church look better, when in reality, we need to be making Jesus look better by the way that we trust Him and lean into Him and say, it's not me that you see, it's the God in me that you see. It's how Paul can say, I'm the chief of sinners, a dude who'd memorize the entire Old Testament. I mean, come on. We would take that humble disposition and take that first step to surrender in confession and to bring our way back in step with the God of the universe. That is surrender. So the challenge this morning is this. Be honest with God today. And then, be honest with someone else. Whether you've been following Jesus for decades when you're ready to take a first step now, Let's be honest with them. God, you're great, but I am not, and here are the ways. What you're doing is lining up your will with His, joining hands with Him. May today be the moment of surrender for someone in this room so as the band comes forward that's what I sort of challenge you with this I, I, we just met I have zero idea on your spiritual condition I have no idea of where you are with Jesus Christ today perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus and taken that first step in surrender and we want to give you an opportunity to do that see there's this story called the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ the good news of Jesus Christ is this that you are a sinner yet you're made in the image of God and God desires to have a relationship with you but that sin separates you from him eternally because the wages of sin the, the payment for your sin is death is eternal separation and yet from the very beginning God had a plan that plan involved his son Jesus who stepped into the picture put on flesh, became a man, lived a life that you and I cannot live, died the death that we deserve because of our sin, was completely dead, but on the third day rose by the power of God so that in Him we may have life. In Romans 10:9 says this, my favorite Bible verse, actually, in all of Scripture. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved so the invitation is open and the invitation is clear it just takes faith confessing with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead it's a step of faith and surrender to Jesus Christ making him the leader and forgiver of your life for others in the room again you've walked with Jesus for decades may today be a moment of surrender in you in a different way Perhaps that looks like face first on the altar confessing sin to the Lord or aligning your heart with Him and asking Him to move in a certain way in your life or in your church or whatever that may look like. We invite you to respond to the Word of God, to the Gospel of Jesus Christ and the fact that He pursues us and invites us to take a step and surrender this morning. God, thank you for who you are. God, that you pursue us, even in our mess that we create, even in our sin, God, that we choose over you, the idols of our heart, God. So, Father, this morning I pray that we would respond to to your word to the call to surrender in faith Father I pray for those who do not know you in the room that they may say yes today to Jesus to following your way destroying the idols to confessing you with their mouths and believing in their heart that you raised from the dead Father, I pray you would drive others to repentance and confession, God. Drive us, drive me to repentance and confession, God. We desperately need you every single day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the character that you're building in us, God. May we reflect you to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. for worshiping with us this morning. Um, I'll say on behalf of Rusty, um, if you are new to the room, there is a connect card in the bulletin that you picked up on the way in. Uh, They would love to connect with you. Uh, It's been an honor uh, to be here. Rusty is a friend and an honor to spend the morning with you. Um, What a great pastor you have, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I believe the band will be taking us out um, on a benediction.
3: Would you stand and sing with us? Oh, uh-huh.